By the way, did you did you know that Michael Cole doesn't know what the fuck math is? Michael Cole doesn't know yes. numbers. Oh, that was that was very fun. I enjoyed hearing that. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm referring to during the Brock Daniel Daniel match? He's like, and weighing in at 210 pounds, like the announcer Daniel Bryan, and then then Paul Heyman's like weighing in at 265 pounds, Brock Lesnar, and then Michael Cole verbatim beta, said the weight difference is almost a hundred pounds between <laughs> these two. And I was like, what? Cole, Michael. I was like, I was like, you don't even, you didn't even try there. Yeah. There wasn't even an attempt to do math. <laughs> Michael, do you need help? I was like, since when is 55 and 100 almost the same to you? I just. Have you been taking math lessons from Scott Steiner? <laughs> the number you thought it was going to be. <laughs> Welcome to Fight Boys, the weekly show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I am your host, Scotty Moore, joined as always by a guy who has trouble with Amazon. It's the Dylan. Listen, I don't have problems with Amazon so much as their system is, like, poorly managed in terms of... Which reminds me, thank you for for reminding me I need to go to my account and make sure that that, uh, that old credit card that kept it so i couldn't fucking get uh get in yeah you just do you for this first segment we'll we'll get to new japan in the next one and then also join hey i'm here too fuckers (laughs) it's blake the tan tanner blake the tan tanner it's me tan i'm the tan i'm the tan people call me the tan tan (laughs) that was my favorite star wars Snow Beast, the Tan Tan. I thought those Tan Tans smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> it's um, but I'm the opposite because that's the Tauntaun. I'm a Tan Tan. I smell good all around. Yeah. So Daniel. That's debatable. Bri- so Daniel <laughs> Bryan has given us so much fodder oh, in the yeah, past this- week. This podcast is about wrestling. Yeah. So we need to talk about my new favorite wood nymph, Daniel Bryan. Uh, I believe you need to talk about the uh, the reborn American dragon, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan Danielson. Um, Bryan Daniel Bryan. Who has, who has emerged from his hyperbolic sleep chamber as a crazy motherfucker who kicks people in the dick. Yes. I love, I've... I've conflagrated those um, two phrases too much, which is hyperbaric chamber and hyperbolic time chamber. Oh, yeah. You and me both, bro. You and me both. Every day. I just kind of guess every time I type them in. Oh, yeah. That's all you can do anymore. I'm not going to lie. If you had told me Daniel Bryan actually has been training in a hyperbolic time chamber for 80 years to get back in the ring, I'd be like, no, that tracks. That tracks with the way he thinks. That sounds about right. Yeah. He is 120 years old now. Yes. See, you guys keep going with, like, the crazy old school Daniel Bryan, but with me, I I think he's a new guy. And it's weird seeing, like, trickster Loki Daniel Bryan, but it's kind of where he's at. At least that's where he was with Brock Lesnar. Cause he's that, like, was such a, that was such a good match. It was, it was watch, watch SummerSlam 2014 happen again, or whichever year that John Cena died. Uh, for our sins, and then like partway through it, all of a sudden, kick to the dick. The dick. 
It was. By the way, I was really, I was really expecting Brock Lesnar to be like, Paul, why do people always kick me in the <laughs> dick? <laughs> well, Daniel Bryan, of course, he he's a man that's known for studying his opponents. He knew, he knew that the only way that he could get in some offense and almost beat Brock Lesnar was to kick that motherfucker in the dick. Why is, so wait, since winning the title, his two main matches, the one for the title and the one with Brock, they've both been against opponents who have been repeatedly kicked in the dick in the past. He has a type. (laughs) He's got a type. He has a very particular set of tastes. There's now we just need the da- the Dylan versus the Daniel Bryan dream match. Yeah, listen, okay. I've, I've listen, I've moved on from kicks to dicks to knees to faces. I got to fill in for CM Punk since he's no longer in the biz. Unless it's... you have a time machine, because according to good old Phil, someone's like, "When will you come back to wrestling? When you get a time machine?" I'm like, "Fuck you." Well, shit, boys, let's get us a when time he, machine. When yeah. you can go back to the, the territory days. Yeah. I could go hang out with Dusty. <laughs> oh, I, w- I would love to hang out with Dusty for a while. Yeah, man. Be I don't know, man. You ever hear the stories of the weird shit he used to do? Like when Arn Anderson was like, yeah, I came into the Florida territory and there was Dusty Rhodes sitting in his chair, naked wearing cowboy boots, <laughs> boots up on the desk. He sounds like basically any booker from that time period, so... I mean, yeah. that's kind of... That was how LBJ run the fucking country, and no one got mad at him for whipping it out all the time. I mean, they would have if they knew there was any way to, like, you know... Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they do nowadays. Um, anyway, Daniel Bryan, I love him. And I love that I can hate him now. I don't even think I hate him. I love him too much to hate him. I kayfabe hate him. Because, I, you know what? I bought in with Daniel Bryan. I bought in so I can hate him and want to hate him. There's Somebody was talking about this earlier, but he is able to pull off a heelish nature a lot better than some baby faces that um, they tried to make as heels. Yeah. Like, even AJ, like, his WWE heel, I was never really behind it 100%. Because it just never felt, it never felt like it was all there. Daniel Bryan has done the perfect thing, which is bringing back the, I don't want to say the cool heel, but like a heel that's likable and also hateable at the same time. Because the problem with AJ is the fact that he was too likable to be a heel. Then there are people like The Miz who get this instant, fuck this guy, he's the worst heel. Daniel Bryan has, like, this clever heel persona, almost like a Marvel villain, where people will be like, no, Daniel Bryan was right. Mm-hmm. He was correct this whole and time. I agree that you're it's really clever in the way that he does um, one of my favorite kind of heels, which is the, I'm going to take what I was doing as a face, and I'm going to mold it to be evil as shit. Do you remember that triumphant promo that I cut when I came back? Where I talked about that one, like, amazing phrase. If you fight for your dreams, your dreams will fight for you. Now I'm going to turn it on its fucking head. I'm going to make you hate that fucking phrase. My dreams kicked AJ Styles in the dick. <laughs> apparently, apparently my dreams are crazy as fuck. <laughs> My yeah. dream wasn't yes, yes, yes. My dream was kicking the dick. Mm-hmm. By by calling out people that that have been turned heel, uh, were you referring to the fact that uh, that Dean Ambrose referenced cancer on Monday? 
<laughs> he did. He did. Oh, he did that. By the way, the blowback from that was mind blowing because I was like, you, you do realize that that that's his, like one of his best friends. You think Dean Ambrose? Like, no, no, no. I can just make fun of Roman's cancer. It's fine. You think you didn't call him up and be like, you're sure this is okay? Hundred percent sure about this. He's like, yeah, brother. But I'm and then basically he... saying God hates you. Are you okay with this? As like the person that from everyone that would talk about him backstage, just how much he enjoyed and like understood the business. I could totally see them calling him up and Dean's like, I'm not going to do this. If you don't like it, I can fuck with Vince. Can I make fun of your cancer? Yeah, dude. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'll just say like, I'll see you on Thursday. I thought I was going to be excited for Dean Ambrose turning heel. But when they finally give him a microphone, it's not like the unhinged, awesome Dean Ambrose, or John Moxley, technically, promos of the past. Instead, it's, you all smell bad and Roman has cancer. That was basically all Dean said. No, I like I I liked it because it was very, like, especially when he got to the to the ring, he was very methodical in the way that he talked. It was very reminiscent of when the Shield broke up the first time. And, like, you would tap the mic, and you could see that there was something not, clearly not right in his eyes. It's that now, except, like, it's, it, it, it gives off this air of, like, he, like, Dean Ambrose doesn't even know why he did what he did. Like, he's just cycling through things, and it's clear that he's literally just crazy. Unfortunately, something like that requires weeks to suss out and become a parent. Uh, yeah. like to be done properly and we're dealing with the wwe so instant gratification is the only thing they know on the main roster if you want if you want long-term booking you have to go to nxt right yeah and it was honestly as daniel bryan said in his promo which was heel as shit but it's like all you people wanted in the audience was a moment daniel bryan returning was a moment you don't care about anything else mm. he ain't wrong that's um, just, I really enjoy when a heel will explain themselves, which I guess is the perfect way to get Dean heat, is for him to not explain himself. Except he is, like, through his actions and being like, you want to call me a lunatic again? This isn't about Roman, this is about brotherhood breaking apart. I'm like, oh, okay, so he's mad they called him crazy and they've kind of grown apart in their time I, away from each other. That's it. <laughs> That's fucking yeah. it. But no, he's still I like, don't think it is. The problem is with that, I think that that only served as, like, the one, like, the thing that set him off. I think with his promo right before he burned that, um, right before he burned his vest, he talked about so much, like, shit, and he made it seem like he was so genuinely unhinged to the point that he wasn't actually lucid to what he was talking about. He's just kind of going through shit. You can almost say he was a lunatic fringe. A lunatic fridge. A, a lunatic fridge. <laughs> refrigerator, refrigerator. Yes, Dino. Sorry, that meme's been dead. Anyways, I love how after last week... Telling like, lies? No, Dino. <laughs> no, it's fucking sad. <laughs> lunatic fridge, lunatic fridge. Yes, Rollins. <laughs> Talking about cancer. No, Rollins. <laughs> God, that's horrible. What are we talking about next? Um, well, I was gonna say, I love how last week I'm like, everyone's getting injured, what's gonna happen? And Dylan's like, it's gonna be fine, it's always fine, and then Braun gets, like, shoulder surgery this week after announcing his Elbow. injury, and I'm like, 
just keeps coming, guys. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You 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 know you know what happens now? Oh, oh, dude, dude. It's it's almost like there's eighty other wrestlers on that show that they can Wait. fill a show with. It's almost like they can just give McIntyre the title and have or like have him fucking fight Brock. It's fine. Braun's not even a believable like heir to the throne of Universal Champion because Brock Lesnar sold more for Daniel Bryan than he did for Braun Strowman. Yeah. yeah. Bro, by the way, which we didn't talk about that, but the fact that you just saw that Daniel Bryan was just laying the fuck into Brock Lesnar. He fucking, Brian, he fucking American Dragon, but hold both arms, stomp to the face, face. Brock Lesnar. And I watched that and I was like, God damn, Brock Lesnar must have a lot of respect for Daniel Bryan yeah. to sell this much yeah. offense. He had fucking shoe prints that you could see that were visible on his face. Mm-hmm. Bloody shoe prints. But yeah, I guess Dylan's right. There are a lot of people ready to take this around, and I just think. So here's what they can do. They can move McIntyre up. They have the they have no. the dean. No. They have the Shh. dean set. Just let it wash over you. Let the new world heavyweight champion, Connor of the Ascension, come to the ring. But yeah, so you can do that. You have right below the main title, you have Dean versus Seth, which can then become for the Intercontinental title. AOP. Fuck, I don't even want to think about that match. <laughs> AOP. AOP. They that's can, it. They can face the revival. That match didn't really. That match happened in NXT, but like AOP were unstoppable monsters because they had to be, because that's what NXT needed. But like now, you know, the revival can be more. That can happen AOP below that. AOP in their pants. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you remember the spot in the Warrior Hogan match at Halloween Havoc where like they had the fucking fireball and it fucked up and it was garbage and it was a bad spot all around. Mm-hmm. I'm glad our generation has an even worse version of that of Drake Maverick's gonna pee his pants. Is he though, or is there gonna be a just a tiny trickle? And that's it down his well, pants. You could obviously see him squeezing the fucking bag. So, yeah. so you know, you know, you know when Cesaro's holding his his hand over his face like this because yeah. he's like, "This is what my career has become." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel every time I have to hear something about this. <sighs> yeah, because Blake messaged the Fight Boys chat and goes, "Please tell me y'all saw the end of the AOP match." And at which point I'm like. Oh, was there something really cool? No. No. Man pissed himself on live television. Which, in the moment, I, I the only things that I could do was laugh my ass off or cry, and I chose the former. Yeah. Um, because it's okay. It's, it's okay. I, I, I cried because they made Nia Jax the sole survivor of the Women's Survivor Series match, so I, that'd be something to balance that yeah. out. Hashtag was, nuclear heat. Also, uh, X-Pac heat. So, so here's the thing. WWE is very bad about, about mistaking a reaction that somebody gets because they fucked up when they were like, oh, we can use this. No. No. That you benefits. Can't. You can't. You don't then push that person for fucking up. I yeah, was, you don't I was, push that person for injuring someone. I was so pissed. Though I, it's got. I I need the I need a gif of the series in that that match where Oscar goes to do like a hip toss 
and instead just knees Sasha Banks in the face and then does the cool guys don't look at explosions walk away towards the main <laughs> towards the hard camera like yeah that bitch is out and then just circles back around her in Germans like I was yeah. just like oh my god I killed her I love I I fell in love with Oscar all over again you can't imagine like every time I watch her wrestle I was just like yes you are you are so great so speaking of the ladies. Is Charlotte a heel? No, Charlotte's or... crazy. Charlotte's cray-cray. Yeah. I don't even think they're playing crazy. I think they're just like, Charlotte's character is as stale as old white bread. Let's just make her a lot more violent. And that's it. Like, I don't think it's a heel turn as much as a Becky awakened something within her during their rivalry. And the minute Becky was like, you can do this, she went, oh, I need to be like Becky. And that's just kind of what's come out of it. Yeah, because well, because before that, she was like, uh, for half my career, I fought Becky on Monday. I fought with Becky, and on Sunday, it'll be my honor to fight for Becky. Right. And like, mm-hmm. the thing everybody's saying is like, so she's trying to pull an almost notice me senpai thing of, if I'm really violent, Becky will notice me, and then Becky's gonna come back and be like, you fucking bitch, <laughs> like whatever. And it'll renew that rivalry, but in a new light. And yeah. I'm hoping they don't give the push that Char- that Bookie was receiving to Charlotte for that. Yeah, that's, I, they, they... that's the thing I'm afraid of, is that's what I think is going to happen. Is they're right. just like, this worked for Becky, but now everyone's cheering Becky. Let's take that energy and put it on Charlotte. And then Charlotte, and then Charlotte's just going to get booed out of the building every week. Because, and that's the thing... I've seen a lot of people, like, mention this. The fact that the reason that Nia got her super nuclear heat, because she did something bad to Becky. The reason that Charlotte got cheered while she was beating the other trash out of Ronda Rousey was because it's like, yeah, that's for Becky. Yeah, it was not because, yay, Charlotte. Like, I... This was also the first time we got to see how Ronda Rousey deals with that John Cena Roman Reigns booing. Woof. Who is she? She was fine on Raw, but that night of, you could tell she was like, "What's happening? Why?" I literally, like, like literally, I live here. Why are you people booing me? Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I feel bad for Ronda that night, but I, I also did feel was bad. Like, like, I yeah, don't. Do you, did you? Did you see her eyeshadow? Where she was like, yes, red directly across the entire eye socket works for someone. I mean... (sighs) Said no one ever. I didn't hate it. That's because you're from Alabama. No, it's just... I don't... (laughs) Hold on. If you expected Ronda Rousey to have, like, cool, like, luxury-looking makeup, you're looking at the wrong woman. She's the kind of... I expected her to not look like she took flaming Hot Cheetos, ground them up, and then applied them to her face. How about that, Scotty? Here's what I think. Do I have the right to have that level of expectation? Is that okay with you? I mean, look, take all that anger you had towards Amazon, keep it to yourself. I'm saying she's the type of woman, came into WWE, and they're like, well, you, it's not just like a match. You need to go out and look good. So she went to the makeup table, and they're like, well, what do you want to do for this look, Rhonda? I can put red shit. Red, it's color of blood. That way, if I get cut open, they won't notice. Yeah, I did notice, though, they when she got elbowed in the though. mouth. Yeah, totally noticed. I, enjoy, I think a lot of people 
that I know that are also like tangential WWE fans. It was fucking War Paint. I enjoyed it for that. Yeah, that's what I no, thought. No, War Paint was what the fucking like War Raiders, Pete Dunn, and Ricochet War for War Games. That was War Paint. Like the shit you wore under her eyes was like that looks like somebody just hit you in the face with some markers. We'll agree to disagree on this one because I don't think you could be more wrong. It's combining the concept of traditional makeup and war paint is where I think it's going. Because WWE is like, well, we can't... That's kind of already... Well, Sarah Logan hasn't done it since she's gotten called up, but that's kind of like her thing. It's not the look you want to give to your champion of having this fucking Skyrim bullshit on your face, but they're like, you can have a hint of it, but like, don't go too over the top for it. It looked like some full-on Skyrim bullshit. It was great. I would, I would totally mark out if Ronda Rousey had come out in full Skyrim bullshit. That would have been amazing. I mean, but she was know, very close. She had the full braid going on. She had the face paint out. If she'd gone full face paint, that would have been even better. Though, can we, can, we, can we talk about how good that match was, despite all of that? Even though it's like the yeah, it, 30th one she'd had, and half her matches have been shitty tag matches. It was my match of the night. Mm, no, nah, no, nah, I still I still put Brock Daniel above that. No, oh, that was but that other one was good, but Daniel Bryan dick kicking his way to almost victory. Well <laughs> I will say the only reason I didn't put it as my match of the night is up until right before the dick kick, I had been soured so much on the match because it was every other Brock match. It wasn't even to the point where last year the Brock AJ match it felt more competitive from the beginning. Well, no, no. Um, Here's why I didn't sour on it, and it's kind of a bad reason to not sour on that match. It's because of the way Daniel sold everything. Because usually you can see them, like, moving a little bit and, like, responding to the ref and being like, no, 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 let me go. Daniel got Germaned onto his neck. The he did reason... go full concussion. Yes, and then just stopped moving. I was like... Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, Paul Heyman looked uncomfortable with the match. <laughs> well, that no. was how bad. Yeah. That was how bad things were. And then all of a sudden, dick kick. Oh, now we're, now we're in a fight. <laughs> well, here's the reason it made me even more nervous, is the fact that, and this had to have been planned, because Daniel Bryan is an insanely good guy at doing shit like this. But if you noticed in the match, he hit, like, two Germans, then there was the one where it looked like Daniel died. Then for the rest of the match, he switched to, um... Belly to bellies? Yeah, belly to bellies. Like, he completely changed the tactic, and that's the moment I was like, Daniel's neck is broken, but he's going on because he's a sick <laughs> fuck. And now they're having to change the way Brock wrestles. Gosh. And then the dick kick, and then I was like, oh, everything's fine. Yeah. But y'all know who else is fine? Gazi? Gazi? Surprisingly, now Gazi, who recently upped his patron Patreon donation to $10. Oh my god, did we insult Gazi into upping his donation? Yes! Who's we, motherfucker? <laughs> you did it! You were there! We all did it! Fuck you! I kept telling you to be nicer to him, and you're just like, no, no, he likes this. And, like, I'm not here to kink shame anybody, but I don't have to participate. Look, Dylan, there's a thin line between pleasure and pain. <laughs> Over at patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's right, that's the website where you can go and support the Fight Boys, you can support a load of BS, the entire network over there, and you get special perks like access to our exclusive Discord and to get shouted out every week like that fucker Gazi. 
who, by the way, has started his own YouTube channel at the House of Ghazi. So I guess that $10 is also paying for a shout-out, and they do 2K19 streams. And God, it's the worst create- Blake, we think developmentally unstable is bad. These are the worst fucking creator wrestlers I've ever seen. Like, just imagine- This is what he does. Jacked, put all the tattoos on him, that's it. Then maybe give him, like, Seamus hair. And there you go. (laughs) So, um- so make sure to subscribe to House of Ghazi. Can we can we can we write a book called Sixty Nine Shades of Ghazi? Sixty. Well, hold on. I was just to finish up the Ghazi talk. I will say I joined him for a stream the other day, and I may have donated a few of our creator wrestlers. And Blake Tanner of the JWF did come very close to winning Ghazi's World Heavyweight Championship <laughs> in his organization. <laughs> And then, of course, there was a six-man tag where the kingdom hastily beat the fight, boys. Oh, no. As long as he pinned you, that makes it all okay. I can't remember who... I think it was me that got pinned. I can't remember, because literally all three of us got hit with the triple power bomb out of the fucking corner. Like, it was literally... <laughs> Dylan tags in. Power bomb out of the corner. It just kept happening. Oh, God. But you know what else keeps happening, guys? Dustwatch? Dustwatch! The section of the show where we try our damnedest to get Hollywood Chuck Taylor to follow us. Alright, well, since I'm barely a part of Dustwatch anyway, I'm gonna head to the restroom real quick. Alright, so we definitely just need to talk to Chuck about Blake taking a piss during this, right? Well, or we could talk to him about the World Tag League. It's, It's your choice. Um, we could do both. Sup, Chuck? World happy Tag... Thanks- hap- no, no, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving in Japan during the hashtag World Tag League. Um, try try not to try not to drink all your sorrows away with Trenty Locks. No, no, no. He did have an amazing tweet the other day, and that was... Here, hold on. Let me make sure I can find it. But he, he made a declaration... That he was going to get wine drunk on his airplane flight to Japan, and then then he few... followed it up with "I've drank three whiskeys and I've cried twice during like whatever rock movie." Dwayne, you've done it again. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, let me begin the. It's in all caps. Had four whiskeys and cried cried twice during skyscraper. Dwayne, you've done it again. You son of a bitch. Yo, at sexy Chucky e. T. How was skyscraper? How was Skyscraper? Oh, no, no. Thanks for the movie recommendation. And then you move into the hope you have a good Thanksgiving in Japan. Try not to get too drunk with Trenty Locks because you're stuck in Japan for Thanksgiving. Thanks for the movie, Rec. Skyscraper's dope. Have a happy Thanksgiving in fucking Japan. The hashtag. No, they just we love you. Hashtag dust watch. Be home for Christmas. Please, we love you, please be home for Christmas. Oh my god. Well, guys, I know we don't want to talk about this individual a lot on the show anymore, but my god, he's done a lot in the past week. I was wondering if you were... Adam Cole? Yeah, Adam Cole's an amazing wrestler. We should talk about him more. I know he's a fat piece of shit, but... (laughs) I mean, where do we start? Do we start with Survivor Series? Do we start with the airplane? Um, 
God, he did get kicked out of a lot of things recently. He got kicked out of two things, and like I put in the show notes, he almost got kicked out of Whiskey and Go-Go for only drawing 80 fucking people. I mean, Dang. He can't talk shit about WWE ever. Enzo Amore is who we're talking about, by the way. Uh, we're he, talking about the consensual penis on wheels. The consensual penis. You can't, you can never be like, I drew everything for WWE. They owe me money. No, you drew 80 people to this huge fucking whiskey, but like one of the most yep. famous venues in America. And you couldn't get like more than 100 people in there. What I wonder, because I was thinking about this, was it really like the scandal, the rape accusations around him that made us, like, that turned Enzo Amore into an asshole, or was he always an asshole? He was was always an asshole. He was all, he just was never exposed. He was never exposed as an asshole. He didn't expose himself. Yeah, well, he did, more than like. Well. Have you seen the video of the concert? Because I've seen only one, and it's terrifyingly bad. I've not seen any of the videos of the concert. I... I've seen videos of Jake Paul doing live shows, and it's better than this. It's Enzo taking people, and they had to have been plants, because they actually are doing wrestling moves, taking people from the crowd and lazily, like, throwing them to where one of his team members is grabbing them in a DDT, and then <laughs> the laziest, worst super kick I have ever seen thrown in the world. Like, it's almost slow motion. <laughs> Like, if we sped up the video, it'd look impressive. <laughs> and then there's a super kick, and that, well, like, dubstep is playing in the background, and that's it. Why would anyone want to come see that? Like, I, I thought he would do his, his famous uh, penis song, but he didn't. I thought that's what, I thought that's what he was gonna do. Yeah. Like, sing his dick song. Sing the penis song, Enzo. <laughs> yeah, but then he did, he also got kicked out of a plane... Uh, while it was flying. Wait, for what? For what for reason what? did he get kicked out of a plane, Blake? Well, you know, Scotty, I heard that he was vaping. What an asshole! <laughs> what, an, what an asshole! My favorite, though, is he tried to make it good. Because, late, <laughs> like, TMZ got him at the airport and he was like, we heard you got kicked off the airplane for vaping. No, no, no. What it was was one of my boys was vaping, and I ain't no snitch. I ain't gonna snitch on him. And I'm like, people saw you vaping. You can Dylan has left. Dylan has left. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now I will say, um, somebody posted this on Reddit when he got kicked off, and yeah. um. When he was walking off the plane, um, like their friend who was taking the pictures and taking a video of him, they didn't know much about wrestling. So um, this person who does know about wrestling told them, hey, tell him not to be soft. So this dude screams at him as he's leaving the plane with all of his shit. And he waits until he's far enough away so that he doesn't get any blowback. But as soon as someone mentions him, like, that they knew him, he turns around, he smiles, and he, like, gives them a thumbs up. Yeah. So, that was bad. And then, of course, the incident where... It's funny at first until you read deeper into it. Yeah. When he shows up at Survivor Series with a shirt that he sells on his garbage website for dirt people. I'm doing fine, or I'm doing great in the (laughs) How You Doing logo. Yeah. 
And then I guess it's reminiscent of like, I think there was a time where they cut his mic on air and he's like, I don't need a microphone. And he did this really, I hate to say it because it is Enzo Amore, but he did a cool thing where he's motioning and the crowd's going with him. Right. So he's doing that in the front row of fucking Survivor, or not even front row, like fifth row of Survivor Series. And there's just like a smattering of people who probably did not know he was accused of rape. Yep. Like, I love this one guy who's just like, my name is Enzo Amore, and I, and someone leans in, you know he was accused of rape last year, right? And I am, mm. and then they just oh. sit back down, <laughs> like, oops. But yeah, I guess I'm the one that is soft today. But why it gets dark is the fact that apparently, like, some woman got injured as they're ripping Enzo from the seat. I did hear that someone got injured, and that was... I thought it was so weird, because the way that they took him down, it didn't seem like it was, like, anything. You're right, they should have judo-throwed him into, yes! like, into a table. That way, that way he broke it with his skinny ass. Do you <laughs> see where they had raw, like, uh, they had raw officials looking out, like, please, don't let him back in here. We don't want this. Because people were like, oh, they planted him here that for conspiracy stuff. And they were like, no, everyone in the back was... Pretty pissed off. Mm-hmm. We did not want I him like here. Uh, by the way, by the way, Scotty, you want to read off the the Jim Cornette tweet? Wait, the- what? Oh, has our boy come back to life? Yes. Yeah. Let me find it. I haven't seen this yet. See, look at me spreading spreading Christmas joy a month early. Spread the by good the way, for- word, of old Jim Corny, baby. By the way, I think for Black Friday, I'm finally going to buy the uh, the. Uh, Kentucky Gentleman Chuck Taylor White Trash Lucha shirt. Oh, hell yeah. And then, by the way, are you guys going to that ROH show in January? Uh, I'm gonna try to. <laughs> well, let me know, because if so, I'll buy a ticket, I'll come up. Oh, shit, okay, Dylan. Yeah. Um, although the first thing... Well, hold on. I'll buy the ticket and come up after we've confirmed that Chuck Taylor is doing a signing, so I can have him sign the shirt. Man, you know they don't confirm that till like a week of. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. There'll still be tickets. It's um, Ring of Honor. Nobody goes to these shows. Okay, is it the retweet he did? Because apparently referee Pat Savino tweeted out, When your ass is released, so you buy your own seat, that's amore. <laughs> when you're thrown to the floor, escorted out the door, that's amore. Don't even make it on air. I get to keep the commemorative chair. That's Amore. <laughs> um, I do love the amount of times that Jim Cornette just retweets Shane Helms. It happens a lot, I'm realizing, attempting <laughs> to find this tweet Dylan's talking about. <laughs> His most recent. And I love it. I, I didn't realize how much I love Shane Helms as much as I do. Maybe they don't need a comedian because this joke is in the White House. <laughs> Political hurricane. From what I've heard about his standing in the locker room, I bet the entire roster wishes they had ejected him out of the arena with a cannon instead of by hand. I forgot about that! <laughs> I didn't. I, that one's gonna stick with me. I really enjoy our love-hate relationship with Jim Cornette because it changes daily almost. It's okay. Yeah, every other time we talk about him. 
I, I'm pretty sure Jim Cornation, Jim Cornette's relationship with himself is love, hate, and changes every day as well. It depends on how often he goes to Wendy's that day. Yeah. Also, his relationships with all of his close friends, same way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and his wives. And, and his wife. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about the other bad man that is now a bad man? I think we should, because um, we don't have much left in this segment, because we did talk about that fucking asshole Ghazi for a lengthy amount of time. true. So let's, let's, pick our, let's pick our favorite of the three that we have. Do we want to talk that fucker what did done get hit by a brick? Or do we want to talk about the chinless man showing his wiener to people? Or do I we want- underage. Yeah. Showing his wiener to- Oh, man, is he from y'all's state? Because that sounds like something an Alabama person would do. I mean... That's more of a Mississippi thing, thank you, sir. I was actually going to say the part of Florida that Dylan's not in. (laughs) That is also... You mean the part that's directly connected to your state, so it's like a weird bleed over of your backwoods bullshit? Yeah, or... You want to say that, but those are the people that influence your elections. Yeah. Finally, third, do we want to talk about how the famous David Arquette boy got mad at Nick Gage and almost died. We talked so, about Ellsworth. Uh, he did a really horrible thing, and he's a shit person, probably. David Arquette got stabbed in the neck and had a real cool hole in it from a light tube. Yeah, and, and then he's he had... finished the match. Finished I watched the, match. the video. He walks out like he's going to walk to the back, and then he realizes, shit, I can't send the 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 fans home without a finish yeah and so he walks yeah. back in and lays down for nick gage nick gage subsequently kicks the fuck out of him nick <laughs> gage unfortunately so apparently nick gage as like a person real chill to meet like a lot of people say nice things about him for some reason as soon as he steps between that ropes low-key levels of an asshole and Kicks the shit out of him before David Arquette all but slaps him in the face and says, fucking end this match. And then does. And then, like, Juno... And then Shane Helms was like, you should never have been in the position for that match. Shame on the bookers. And then Joey Janela's like, okay, well, thanks, Hurricane. <laughs> yep. Um, alright, so, um... But I've not heard about the boy who done got struck by Brick, so I want to know the tale. I'm so, trying to find his, um shit about it but here i'm gonna send you the uh the link to the video on facebook so basically what happened was a fan in mexico threw a brick at a luchador it connected real bad no he they were they were in a match together yeah that's what i heard was it was a wrestler one of them gave some like really stiff shots to the other one Mm -hmm. and one of them gave it it was a couple of stiff chair shots and Uh, it was supposed to be a cinder block spot in that match but the dude just hauls off. He's in the ring. The other guy is outside the ring. He does not look like he knows that the uh, the cinder block's coming. And this is a real fucking cinder block. He hauls off and he whacks him. He chucks it down a good few feet before it connects with his goddamn head. You know, they were going to have that spot at uh, all in, except it was going to be Adam Page throwing the entire Cracker Barrel down onto... Gosh. Um... Now, if you skip in this video to around the 40-second mark, I think, is when mm-hmm. it happens. I no, just that, a little bit before. I love that the title of his Kurt Angle responds to The Brick Thrower. Yeah. If yeah, 30, guy- 30 seconds in, you see the blood on the floor. 
See, this guy is not gonna get booked again, but if he did, Chad the Brick Thrower Adams, or whatever the fuck his name is, is definitely, that's his new name. Yeah, uh, he's currently suspended in that Mexican state where the, uh, where the match took place, uh, which may or may not extend to the whole of Mexico, depending on who you ask, because I've heard conflicting reports. Yeah. But the dude basically did an attempted murder. I mean, wait, hold on. I'm completely. Holy fucking shit! Oh! Oh, I'll put that in the YouTube video, but oh! People, if you don't want to see someone get hit by a brick, avert your eyes, because it's going pow right now! Yep. You Christ. see, there's so much. He had to have surgery earlier today, the day that we're recording, actually, to remove a, a, an almost deadly blood clot in his head. But, but, showing the true, true compassion of uh, Mexican wrestlers to each other, uh, La Parca, now known as L.A. Park, uh, organized a show of wrestlers and promoters to raise money for this guy. Yeah. Because he's, he, like, you know, they were all just like, no, that's not, no, 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 no. That's bad. So, Blake, we're recording Developmentally Unstable tomorrow. Can I just propose the name Brick Thrower for the guy? No, because you already made Hammer Man, and so you've <laughs> used your quota of shitty names for the year. You have to wait till January. Look, the yeah. Hammer Man is dead, unfortunately. Great. You don't get to immediately replace him. You have to wait. There's respawn time. <laughs> I will say, on our, in our last episode, we did just have a dude named Greg. <laughs> wait. Was he Irish? Was he an old Irish bloke named Greg? No, it was no, just it... Greg, period. That was it. Greg. Also known as Greg from IT. Yeah. Um, we did also have the Jebaduk, which is one of our f- best characters. I really, we need to get some merch for the Jebaduk, but where would we put it? On merch.aloadofpurebs.gov. Dot gov. What the fuck else could it be? It's dot com. I didn't know if we had a dot org or not. I thought we were fancy. <laughs> dot uk dot co dot uk dot fu we sell merch we sell pete dunn's merch on our website dot uk dot com <laughs> welcome to merch dot a load of pure bs dot dot pizza <laughs> i hate you this is the best merch plug of all time so if you want some sick fight boys merch go to merch dot a load of pure bs dot com you'll find some over there We've got the official BS Boozy Sippy Cup. We got merch for your favorite JWF superstars, like the Fight Boys, who have a actually fucking dope new shirt that's probably going to be my next purchase from the shop. And then also stuff for, you know, like that fucker Canada Charlie. And some of your other favorite JWF superstars can be found at merch.aloadofpureBS. Oh, did someone say me? It's Canada Charlie. Buy my shirt. It's got a maple leaf on it. It's great. Okay? All right, Charlie. Whoa, did you see that? That was Canada Charlie. <laughs> I like you looked the opposite way, like he ran through your room like the Flash. Fuck, he's quick. He's a very Flash. fast Canadian man. Oh. <laughs> All right, boys, this episode's already gotten out of hand because it's late and we're turning into the goof boys. Uh, so I think it's time we turn things over to everyone's favorite commentators, Silver Spoon and Captain Tibbs. For the fallout from Los Trios Tangos and a new episode of JWF, 
Monday Night War. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I am your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by a man, well, a man who's had a bit of a rough night. It is my friend and compatriot, Captain Tibbs. I'm very sore. I know, Tibbs. You, of course, had a vicious match last night, a vicious Los Trios Tangos match, where you teamed up with Mojo Gruff and Sam Adams to take on the team of Canada Charlie, Mo, or, uh, Felix Ball, and the Lumberjack. And unfortunately, after a despicable chair shot from Felix Ball, you were taken down. You were the last to be eliminated. But unfortunately, that did mean the Can- Canadian crew took it. And you know, Sills, I really have to say a lot of the blame goes to myself. Captain Tibbs, it was all my fault, really. I should have been in that ring. I should have been fighting more. I was scared. I was scared. I'm mad enough to admit it. I was scared to punch my son in the face, but no more. You <laughs> wait. So openly declaring that he's willing to punch his child in the face is Captain Tibbs. I'm only giving it as a receipt. That's right, Tibbs. And uh, let me tell you something, though. An impressive showing from all members of your team. Mojo Gruff had a great showing. Sam Adams, unfortunately, was taken out earlier in the match. But speaking of Los Trios Tangos, let's talk about the main event of the evening. A match which saw the reunited team of the Fight Boys, Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, and the Dillon, taking on the Elite, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and getting a clean sweep, destroying all three of them in quick succession. An absolutely fantastic match, Tips. What'd you think? You know, Sills, after the horrible night that I'd had so far, coming back from being arrested, losing my match, watching just everything go wrong, Realizing that the Hammer Man is in fact Travis Clouds, which still hurts me to my soul. Main event was pretty fun. That's right, Tibbs. And now we've got Scotty Moore back. We've got Blake Tanner. They all seem to be back on the same page, and they're on the ring right now. And I think they've got some messages for the JWF universe. Okay, okay, guys. So I leave for one month. And this entire company goes down. I can't leave for a month. I can't take a vacation. Look, okay, I got to start this off by apologizing to Blake and apologizing to Dylan. Because, you see, when Blake called me to return to the ring, I hung up on him. But, you see, I just hung up on him because he didn't have to ask me twice about it. I, it okay, yeah, but it would have been nice for you to say, okay, a nice confirmation. He, he could have sent me a text that said, K, he okay. I didn't have to ask me twice, this boy. I love you, BB. I mean, just saying, you could have said yes. And you know why he didn't have to ask me twice, ladies and gentlemen? Because in the month that I was gone, it was like I, everything I had worked for in this company disappeared. The greatest champion in JWF history, a man who nearly held that title an entire year, a man with a legacy that I helped build in some of the greatest matches this year, Blake Tanner, he lost his title to a brunch boy of all people. I mean, Blake, Ooh. come on. That still stings. Hold on. To be fair, he really hurt my neck. Yeah, that basically broke and debatable if that match should have happened. True. I, I do have to wear a neck brace when I'm off camera. Well, look, not only did Blake lose his title, but suddenly it seems like no one cares 
about a year ago where Blake, my father, and I defeated the VWO, defeated Travis Clouds, defeated Griffin, and sent them packing out of this company, allegedly never to return. But you see, now the VWO's back. Blake, I, have you figured that out yet? Because we said they had to leave, right? But Yeah. But now they're um, back. Now they're back. I honestly haven't had a lot of time to look into that. Been dealing I, with my own shit. Was it the Hammerman thing? Because I think it was the Hammerman thing. A lot of people were confused about the Hammerman thing. I'm gonna be honest. I knew it was Travis Clouds, but he seemed like he was all right. Yeah, but ever since they've come back, they've gotten tag team gold. After just one month back, the VWO are already allegedly running the place again. It seems like a lot of people thought they could get away with some really, really dumb stuff while I was gone. But ladies and gentlemen of the JWF, Daddy's home and he's ready to teach you a lesson. And me and Blake, we're starting with the VWO. Wait, wait. You and Blake, what the fuck? What about me? Dylan, listen, we've had this whole thing planned out ever since we became a team. You're the tallest, you talk last. Fuck was that a rule? We talked about it backstage. We said that we'd come out, me and Scotty would challenge the VWO for the tag titles, and oh, wait, then... Wait, wait, hold we, on, wait, we're just doing that now? You're just gonna come out, come out with it, just blow your load at the beginning that, oh yes, the BS versus the VWO. You're not gonna wait and build it up with, like, an epic speech, you know, the shit you used to do when you were JWF I'm, champion? You basically already said it, but alright, if you want me to pull one out of my ass, here we go. <clears throat> You see Scotty, you see Dylan, Scotty coming back, the Fight Boys reuniting, all of this coming together, conflagrating in one giant mass at Los Trios Tangos. I mean, it's almost like fate, isn't it, boys? The greatest tag team in JWF history reuniting on the same night that their greatest rivals win the JWF tag titles. The story practically writes itself, doesn't it? Doesn't it? That's why I didn't have to make it a big deal. That's why I didn't have to build up a speech, talk from myself to Mount Olympus. Because everybody in the arena has already seen how big of a deal it is when the BS and the VWO, when we get in the same ring, when we make that kind of magic that two teams that truly, truly despise each other can go against when two powerhouse tag teams fight and blow the roof off the building. But just to let you know, after that fight, when the dust settles, Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore, the BS, we will be standing there as your JWF tag team champion. So VWO, four weeks, that's all you got. Because at four weeks at the Barcade pay-per-view, we're going to come for your asses and we will not stop until we prove why we are the best in the business and steal those titles away from you. Because you know what? I'm a little tired of not having some gold around my waist. I'm a little tired of not feeling that weight. <clears throat> All right, cool. That was, yeah, that was, that was that Hogan shit I was talking about. Sweet. All right. I'm going to go now. All right, Dylan, you have the floor. So thank you very much. Because, you know, for me, for the Dylan, for Captain Dylan, see, I'm, I'm feeling a thirst. And it's not just a thirst for the beer in my fridge. And it's not just the thirst coming off the bitches, right, that are lined up around my block. See, 
I feel a need and a thirst for competition. See, the last couple months I've been dealing with the bottom of the barrel, you know, the, the Canada Charlies, the random jobbers, the hammer man coming around. But then I stood in the ring against a modern-day legend. I stood in the ring against Kenny Omega face-to-face, and I punched Kenny Omega straight in the dick to ensure that we got that 3-0 victory over the elite, potentially the greatest team of this era. And after that, I realized that I've been skimming along the bottom with this captain's championship when I should be riding high on the waves. And so I've made a decision. See, I don't want to wait. Unlike these two, I'm not going not gonna to give time. I'm, I'm going to seize a challenge now. I'm going to issue a challenge now because I'm not going to wait until Barcade. I'm not going to wait until next week. See, I'm issuing a challenge to the back. If there's anyone back there that wants to navigate the rough waters to come into this ring, the veritable Bermuda triangle of challenges, if they want to go ahead and come for what's mine and what will always be my well. The challenge is issued. The challenge is open. The captain's waiting. <laughs> well, Tibbs, a whole hell of a lot of words from the Fight Boys there, and it sounds like we got two title matches coming in our future, the BS versus the BWO with Barcade, and then the first ever Captain's Open Challenge tonight. Tibbs, this is astounding. You know, Sills, I like that idea. Having the captain's champion have an open challenge, it feels like it's never been done. That's right, Tibbs. And, of course, speaking of champions, there is, of course, one last champion to talk about. Our JWF World Heavyweight Champion, Brunch Boy Baron Corbin. A man who last night at the Los Trios Tangos pay-per-view, after an absolutely hellacious assault from Guy Fieri, managed to sneak out that victory by climbing up the ladder and seizing his JWF title. But a lot of people have said it's a fluke. What do you think, Tibbs? Well, Sills, started to come around on the old Brunch Boy a little bit. But he's still kind of an asshole. That's right, Tibbs, and Brunch Boy is actually backstage right now with one of our top interviewers, and I think he's got some words to those people who are calling him a fluke. Ladies and gentlemen, Dad McDonald here with our JWF champion, Brunch Boy Baron Corbin. Now, Baron, last night you defeated Guy Fieri in a match that people are calling less than decisive victory. I mean, they're, they're saying that it was a fluke. They're calling you a loser, to be fair. I mean, Guy beat you around the ring, landed numerous food fights onto steel chairs, ladders, and many are saying that you simply won by accident. How do you respond to these accusations? Do you think what you're doing right now is smart, McDonald? Do you think walking up to the JWF World Heavyweight Champion and calling him a loser is a smart idea? Because let me tell you the same thing that I'd tell to any of those idiots in the crowd that are calling me a loser. And that's the fact that it doesn't matter how I won. It only matters that I did win. It didn't matter what Guy Fieri threw at me. No matter how many snack attacks. No, ma- no matter how many food fights he threw. I got back up. Climbed my ass up that ladder. And tossed him away like garbage. And if you're not careful, McDonald, you might get tossed out with him. Okay, but 
let me ask you this. If it was a normal match, not a ladder match, a table match, anything like that, do you think you could have defeated Guy Fieri? I mean, you've never technically pinned or submitted the King of Flavortown in a match, and I think it... Ah! Oh my god, Tibbs! Baron attacking Don McDonald from out of nowhere, laying him out with a huge brunch of days. The champion is attacking an employee. This is insane. No, we're running out of backstage interviewers. Stop it. That's right. McDonald er, getting smack-talked by Brunch Boy. Wait, wait. From out of nowhere, Guy Fieri running in, laying in vicious shots to Brunch Boy's cranium. My God, Guy Fieri has gone unhinged. Going crazy, Brunch Boy trying his best to scramble away, but Tim's Guy Fieri looks incensed. Yeah, punch him, Guy. That's right, but wait a minute. Brunch Boy, I think, thought he was getting away, but Guy Fieri quickly deadlifting him off the ground, the strength picking him up on his shoulders. And Tibbs, I think he's ready. I think he's ready to land the food fight. Oh, but wait! Brunch Boy actually worming his way off of the shoulder, saving himself, saving himself from landing on that concrete. Tibbs, I've never seen Brunch Boy this afraid. He's actually running for his life, escaping from Guy Fieri. Neither have I, Sylv. You know what this makes me think? This makes me think of a great match for the future. That's right, Tibbs. Meanwhile, it looks like medical personnel coming to attend to McDonald while the King of Flavortown watches on. And, and Tibbs, th- that was absolutely horrifying, let me tell you that. And Terrible. Let me ta- I, I can't believe that someone would do that to one of our backstage interviewers. Hey! Make sure he can make sure he can still talk, alright? Make yeah, his voice is okay, right? Okay. That's right. Sorry. That's right, Tibbs. But of course, let me tell you something. Speaking of champions. We see our brunch boy running away, but one man running to the ring right now is the JWF Captain's Champion, the Dylan, who, of course, earlier announced that he was going to be having an open challenge, and we see him getting into the ring right now, and let me tell you something, he looks confident, Tibbs. Well, of course, though, like the Dylan was saying earlier, he has basically only defended his championship against the bottom of the barrel, the dregs, if you do so. Oh, call them that. That's right. Uh, I wouldn't call all of them that, but still. That's right. Meanwhile, Dylan pacing back and forth, just waiting, waiting for someone to come. And, oh, it looks like someone has answered the challenge, and it's a man you know all too well. You shared a ring with him last night. It is the voodoo man from the bayou, Mojo Gruff. And Tim's Dylan honestly looks impressed. Well, listen here, Sills. After what I saw from him at Los Trios Tangos, Mojo Gruff, Mojo Gruff, he's a high flyer. He's definitely someone that will keep you on your toes. He's a good challenger. That's right. Very resilient in his match, lasting longer in that match than anyone else could. And actually, Dylan deeming him a worthy competitor, actually shaking the hand of Mojo Gruff. Tibbs, do you think something's changed in the Dylan ever since reuniting with the Fight Boys? I, perhaps, Sills. I will say, backstage before our match, Mojo Gruff did dust us with some kind of voodoo dust. Oh, and it I... did make me like him a lot more. I was talking about Dylan, not Mojo. No, he dusted us with the dust, and we liked him. Oh, so you like Dylan now? No, no, Mojo Gruff. Okay, so, so, so is Dylan still an asshole? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out in this match as the bell rings. And they lock up in the middle of the ring. These two men clashing, clashing against one uh, one another. Dylan backing Mojo up into the ropes. Ooh, and sending him off. Mojo jumping, running across the ring. Dylan ducking down. Ooh, but a big leapfrog. And oh my God, 
Looks like Mojo was trying for a crossbody off of that big running combination, but Dylan actually plucking him out of midair and is now ramming him spine first into the turnbuckle, Tibbs. This is amazing. Look at the strength. Oh, you know, for a high flyer like Mojo Gruff, that's going to be putting him off his game. That's right. Dylan tossing Mojo's body down on the apron and the JWF universe, it actually seems like they seem split, Tibbs. Both cheering for Mojo, one half cheering for Dylan. I mean, we've never gotten this kind of reaction for Dylan in a long time. Surprisingly enough, I haven't seen this happen since maybe his first title reign. That's right, Tibbs. I mean, after that battle last night, the crowd seems to have turned, uh, favoring the Dylan. But unfortunately, that same positive attitude of the crowd cannot be said for Mojo Gruff looking beaten up on the ground. Dylan laying in a few quick shots, but oh! Landing a very important shot, a right hook straight to the dick of Mojo, going for a pin. One, two, ooh, and Mojo kicking out at two. Tibbs, you learned last night it's going to take a lot more than that to take down Mojo Gruff. Mojo Gruff, he was probably MVP from our team, maybe even the entire match. He stood up to a lot of punishment that no other man could hope to stand up to. That's all right, Dylan actually looking a little bit upset, shaken by this. Oh, trying to go for another pin. Oh, wait. Mojo actually rolling him up out of nowhere. Shibata quickly rushing to count that pin. One, two. Ooh, Dylan reverses into a pin of his own. One, two. Ooh, Mojo roughs back. One, two. Ooh, Dylan finally kicking out after that amazing back and forth between the two just desperately trying to get that pin. Oh, but wait. Mojo putting uh, Dylan back down with a beautiful drop kick. Dylan rolling towards the ropes and Tibbs. I think Mojo Gruff's about to finish this off. It may be time, maybe time for a new captain's champion. That's right, Mojo climbing up to the top rope, looking like the voodoo man trying to end it, calling for that huge senton, which we actually saw put down the lumberjack last night, and oh my god, Dylan from out of nowhere, bounding to his feet, landing a huge upper dicker on the top rope, and it's actually ended up getting Mojo's body falling limp onto the shoulders of the Lord of the Smart Side, Tibbs, that was insane. I can't believe what I'm seeing after his match, after his insane beating that he took at Los Trios Tangos. That's right, but wait, it doesn't look like he's done. Dylan getting Mojo in a fireman's carry position. Oh, and flipping it over, cracking the skull of Mojo against the knee, breaking the neck almost of Mojo Gruff, and it looks like the voodoo man is done for, going for a pin. One, two, three, and Tibbs, let me tell you something. I know Dylan is known for ending his matches with a kick to the dick, but he actually ended with a wrestling match move. That's surprising. I know. I mean, I don't know what that move was, but it looked shocking. I mean, it's devastating Mojo Gruff, but... Oh, wait a minute. Dylan actually picking Mojo off of the ground and giving him another handshake. I guess Dylan is actually supporting Mojo Gruff. Tibbs, that's a shock. You know what, Sills? I think we're seeing something different in the Dylan. We're seeing a good competitive spirit who doesn't care. The fact he doesn't think that the men that he beats are lesser than him. He just thinks that they're men. That's right, Tim. So who knows? Who knows if Dylan's going to continue this open challenge to bring out the best of the JWF? Who knows how the VWO are going to respond to the BS's challenge for Barcade? And of course, what's going to come next for Guy Fieri and Brunch Boy Baron Corbin? I guess in order to find out, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Monday Night War. So boys, what did you learn this week? 
I learned that there's no greater equalizer than a kick to the dick. Yes. Dylan, I thought you knew that for a while now. No, no, no. I didn't know the, the limits. I didn't know the extent to it. Daniel oh. Bryan almost beat Brock Lesnar. Like, that is. Yeah. And according to Michael Cole, Brock Lesnar weighs a, almost 100 pounds more than Daniel Bryan. Yes. Damn it. That's a good one. I also learned that when you're at your worst, at your lowest place, and your back is up against the wall, you can always hope to see La Parca holding out a hand <laughs> for you to, to hold you back up. And when there was one step, one set of footprints, that is where La Parca carried you. <laughs> and uh, I learned to not bring my vape on an airplane. So, boys, it's been an episode. Dylan can be found on Twitter at SexyChuckyT. Blake, where can they find you? At Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can also find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. We have literally not put anything out since I started advertising the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube, but I'm still <laughs> going to keep doing it. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon, the Quasal Corp Trilogy, and BS vs. the Gods, or go to audibletrial.com slash Network and get a free audiobook copy along with a 30-day trial of Audible, ladies and gentlemen. It supports us. You get something for free. It's a win-win. But if you want to support us elsewhere, you can on Patreon or by picking up some merch. So check that out. Check out all the other shows at a load of purebs.com. Remember to rate comment, subscribe, and as always, you can find us at a aloadofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show Chuck Taylor, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!